You're listening to the Eagles Insider Podcast. Now here's your host, Chris McPherson. Ladies and gentlemen, the regular season is finally upon us. Welcome to the Eagles Insider Podcast. Yes, I'm Chris McPherson, joined alongside Fran Duffy, who is still beaming from Temple's win over Penn State. I can barely even contain myself. I'm surprised I'm sitting still in this chair right now. Congratulations. You got to watch the game from the sidelines. I did. Very exciting. Yes, it was awesome. It was uh, it was great to be there for the win. Uh, I got to see I, you know, 25, 30 guys that were there when I was there that, that played and uh, just getting to catch up with a lot of those guys and uh, seeing former coaches. I got to see Coach Rule and talk to him and congratulate him you know, and talk to him beforehand. And it, it, was, it was just a great experience, great atmosphere. Uh, Temple fans, I thought, were really represented well. Seeing the Penn State faithful uh, leave with 11 minutes left in the game was was great from a Temple perspective, um, you know. And then obviously all the the great players on the field as well. But that's for that's talk for another podcast. Certainly. So historic win, and this is a historic podcast. Yes, it is because we are welcoming in our new co-host. No, he's not the Kansas City Chiefs quarterback. He's not the former Eagles tight end. He is PhiladelphiaEagles.com's own Alex Smith. Alex, congratulations and welcome to the Eagles Entire Podcast. Well, we got the Alex Smith jokes out of the way early. Certainly. So glad that we could do that. That's not yeah. the end of them, but. No, it's first of many. We may have a segment just who is Alex Smith and just go through different Alex Smiths in history. But uh, very excited. Couldn't sleep last night. A um, little bit nervous. Is the mic too close? Am I good? <laughs> Sounds good. I think. Uh, I think we're good. I think we're ready to rock. It's interesting because usually there's a preseason to work through the kinks. Right. Alex is just coming right in. Regular season, Monday night, Atlanta Falcons, ESPN. I've been juiced just every time you watch TV. You get to see the teaser, the ESPN promo. You see Sam Bradford walking out of that tunnel. You're like, I cannot wait for this. So, uh, fellas, I think we should just delve right into our show. If you're new to the podcast, what we're going to do is we're going to go into our section called Three and Out, now that we have a third member. We're going to break down certain matchups that we're looking for or just different facets of the team that we want to focus on. We'll have the interview. That'll be followed by enemy intel. That's more of an X's and O's scouting breakdown. We'll have a little fun on game time and then your questions on mailing it in. That rounds out the podcast. So for those of you who have subscribed to iTunes or Stitcher, thank you very much. We appreciate the support. Make sure to comment and rate if you haven't. Make sure you go and subscribe now so they can have new episodes every week downloaded right to your desktop or mobile device so with that at hand let's transition to three and out one two three 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 is a magic number three three now it's time for three and out all right three and out time and we're gonna look ahead to the regular season i mean we could if we really want to delve into the 53 man roster the addition of stephen morris but you know by the time you guys are going to listen to us we're we're kind of past that Hopefully, Stephen Morris develops and never plays a single down for the Philadelphia Eagles this season. I hope he's not active for a single game. I hope it's the Sam Bradford show and then Mark Sanchez to come on in relief in a couple blowouts That's throughout right. the course of the season. So let's look ahead to the, the matchup with the Atlanta Falcons. Falcons were close to winning the NFC South, a dreadful division last year, won by the Carolina Panthers, who had a losing record at 7-8-1. and one. The Falcons had a lot of success for years under Mike Smith. They whacked him at the end of last season. They bring in Dan Quinn, formerly the CLC Hawks defensive coordinator, and he's trying to rebuild that defense uh, in that Seattle image, and it's certainly going to take some time for that to happen. And again, an enemy until we'll delve more into the matchup. I think for this section here, 
I'm going to focus on some of the new aspects of the Philadelphia Eagles, of what we're looking to see from this team this year. And I'm actually going to go defense to start here. And there's a lot to delve into with Sam Bradford at quarterback, the rushing attack. But for me, I want to see what Byron Maxwell brings to this secondary. He's brought a swagger to him from, from Seattle, won a Super Bowl with the Seahawks. You know, Last year when the Eagles played the Seahawks, they had Maxwell down in the slot, and he clamped down on Jordan Matthews throughout the course of the game and really, really gave the Eagles offense a hard time leading Seattle to the victory. He's someone who was brought in to be one of the truly elite corners in this game. Uh, the question for me now is, how are they going to utilize him? Is he going to stick to one side the entire time? Will he shadow the opponent's top receiver? Maxwell has trained during the course of the preseason to prepare for that possibility. And what a matchup you have in week one in Julio Jones, who is one of the most talented receivers in the entire NFL and the, easily the biggest weapon in the Falcons' offense. So do you have Maxwell shadow him around, or do you stick to sides and just take your chances if it's Nolan Carroll or however the Eagles utilize the nickel or dime packages, whoever else is on the outside? Or possibly they may, maybe they move Julio into the slot to try to get the best matchup there. So Byron Maxwell, his debut for the Eagles and how the Eagles utilize him is one of the things I'm looking forward to most seeing on Monday night. Yeah, and that's what I wanted to talk about too is just the defensive packages and just how they utilize this personnel. We've talked for so long now uh, about this trio of linebackers inside. Uh, now with all the questions at slot corner with who's going to take the majority of the reps inside, how much nickel are they going to play? Are they going to play any dime? If they do play nickel and dime, uh, are you going to see – Nolan Carroll inside. You're going to see Eric Rowe inside. EJ Biggers. Will any of the safeties come down and play inside? Uh, will Byron Maxwell, who has done it in the past, will he follow some of these big receivers like a Julio Jones inside? So uh, really interesting to see how uh, Billy Davis is going to employ this personnel. Uh, what are the different wrinkles that we're going to see defensively on the back end? Uh, and then just, you know, you talked about Maxwell and whether or not he's going to shadow. I'm really intrigued to see what they decide to do with him because, uh, you know, I think we can all agree that Roddy White, still a good player. His status is up player. in the air, though. Now, and he's I, also not the player that he was two years correct, ago, three sir. years ago as yes. well. So even if he does play, uh, you know, what exactly is he from a, from a, a receiving threat? Julio Jones is, is definitely uh, the top dog in that receiving core now. Uh, how will the Eagles try to defend him? They're having a lot of trouble trying to run the ball right now. Uh, so what will the, the Eagles defense uh, do to try and keep Julio Jones in check? Well, you guys are talking defense, but I'm going to switch things up and go back to the offensive side of the ball because, C-Mac, you talked about it. You talked about that Monday Night Football promo. It's Sam Bradford, baby. He's the guy that, he's the guy that <laughs> everybody is. wants to watch. Uh, obviously, everybody's been keeping a close eye on him here in the preseason, but just watching him in that Green Bay game go 10 for 10. And not only did he go 10 for 10, he was putting the ball exactly where it needed to be on every throw. He was hitting guys in the numbers. He was putting balls up and away for Jordan Matthews where only he could catch him. And you hear guys all the time say, oh, you know, well, he, he can make every throw and it's, it looks a little bit different when he throws the ball. But it does. It really does with Sam Bradford. You can see why everybody liked him coming out of college. You can see why he was, uh, you know, everybody knew he was going to be the number one pick in 2010. So, of course, the big question is his health and if he can take a hit. I think we've seen a little bit of that in the preseason. But now... He has to play 60 minutes, a full game, hopefully a full season. Um, but if if he's healthy and he plays to to how he did, if he plays anywhere near how he did in the preseason, it's going to be fun to watch. 
No question about it. So it's also great hearing some of the players talk about Sam Bradford. I was listening on my way in uh, this morning. We're recording this on Tuesday. D'Amico Ryans was on Sports Radio 94 WIP, and he was just gushing about Sam Bradford, just saying Sam is the man. Sam is the real deal. You watch Sam throw the ball, and it's effortless no matter where it is on the field. And so it's amazing when you hear not just the offensive guys, but also the guys on defense who are basically saying, we want to watch the offense because we want to see Sam perform. That's how good he's played in the preseason and training camp. And certainly you hope that carries now into the season. It will be very interesting to see what does Atlanta do? What can they do defensively to try to slow them down? And we'll get into those matchups a little bit more in enemy intel. But first, we're going to go to the interview. And the man responsible for protecting Sam Bradford and helping him stay upright for the entire 16 games of the regular season and hopefully a few extra weeks into the postseason, future Hall of Fame tackle, Jason Peters. And now it's time for what you've all been waiting for, the interview. This week on the interview on the Eagles Entire Podcast, we welcome all-pro left tackle, and I'll say future Hall of Famer, Jason Peters. Jason, welcome to the podcast. We've been trying for weeks to get you on, man. You've been dodging us, you know. I know Barco wasn't telling me. <laughs> You've been, you know, shoving us aside the way you shove opposing defensive linemen, so to speak. So you're someone, you don't like to do a lot of media, but yet you're truly beloved here in the city of Philadelphia. Why do you think there's that connection between you and the fans? Uh, we got some loyal fans and uh, – just when you when you go out there and perform and and you, and you win for them and you know you, you start a fan base. You know, I got a good one here in Philly and uh, I just try to keep it going. As long as you know, go out there and, and and show them that you're trying to win and give great effort. You know, you'll keep your fan base here. You've been here since 2009 already. You've been here long enough to seen the good, seen the bad. Do you know going into a season how good it's going to be? How good a team can be? Yeah, we look real good right now. Uh, Bradford back there slinging it around. All the guys look great up front. The receivers running great routes. The running backs hitting the hole great. Uh, went three and one in the preseason. We look we look real real polished. Uh, I think I think we're pretty pretty good this year. What do you think of Bradford in the short time that you've been around him? Real poise in the pocket, confidence, and he got a strong arm. So uh, I think he's going to do real well this year. Do you take sort of a big brother approach to looking out for the quarterbacks for when you see guys get hit? Yeah, of course. Uh, anytime uh, you protect them, any quarterback, or especially the blind side, you want to make sure you got your quarterback. And most of the time when I turn around and I, and I see something that's not right, you know, I try to go get in the middle of it. You try to make, make it right, so <laughs> to speak. try to make it right. Like I recall last year Nick Foles – got that cheap shot by Steven Baker. You were the first one to run over and to go and defend him. Is that just something that's innate, that's just something that naturally happens for you? Yeah, of course. Uh, I just ca- uh, happened to catch that. You know, he cheap shot at him. I was looking that way. Uh, I think we had a turnover or something, and I was looking that way to cut the ball off, and he just cheap shot at him. So I just reacted. What has the relationship been like with you and Jeff Stoutland? Oh, it's been great. Uh, Stout, he's been helping me out a lot, uh, going over coverages and different techniques and reading the defense and stuff. Uh, he's been a, been a great teacher so far. He said that when he was at Miami, when he was at Alabama in the past, he used to show players film of you 
So it's sort of like, what does he show Jason Peters now? What are you going to show Jason Peters, film of himself out there on the field? No, he, he's, he's, he's more of a, a, a technician. Uh, he teaches me different techniques on different plays, and he's more of a, a, a teacher of the, the defense or the coverage they're running or the, the – the protections in the run in the run game. What if they slant or not? He's more of a teacher. He don't really show me tape of other guys mm-hmm. and stuff like that. He'll he'll kind of coach me up far as like what I used to do and what I'm doing now. Okay. You know? So pretty much, you know, he try to coach me on me. You know, if that make any sense. Have you always been a student of the game yourself? Yeah, of course, I, I, I like watching film and watching my opponent. What moves he giving me? Or giving someone else. If I didn't play them in the past, uh, I'll watch tape on myself because, you know, a guy not going to change up his game too much. So that's just that's just the thing about the league. If he got some kind of move he does, he's going to keep doing it. What's the relationship between you and Alan Barber? Seems like he's come in and solidified that left guard spot. What's the chemistry like between the two of you? Uh, I think it's from one to ten right now, it's about an eight and a half, nine. Uh, okay. Chemistry real good. Is that it, being modest with that, or you want to wait till game action to see? Oh yeah, I, I think I think we 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 real good right now. Uh, we've been working together on the combination blocks real well, passing off the games in the past game. Uh, the communication is real real tight. Uh, we're only gonna get better, you know, as as the year goes on. But right now, you know, is is the communication and the, and the game is is, is tight. With the running backs there here in Philly, with DeMarco coming here, Ryan Matthews, do you look upon it as a responsibility to make sure that they get the yards that they got in the past? Most definitely. Uh, I told Murray he's not going to probably have a, the yards he had in Dallas because, you know, we got Matthews and Sproles. They're going to be going in and out. Of course. Because we run the tempo offense. But he's on. my goal is to get each one of them 1,000 yards each. So. Yeah. Might not be the Russian champ, but, you know, he's going to have his yards. What was it like in Buffalo? I'm going to go a little bit back in time here for a second. When they first came to you and said, we want to make an offensive lineman. I was all for it. Uh, just a guy trying to, trying to you know, make a name for himself. Uh, played a little defense. Played all special teams. Uh, and that offseason on the checkout meeting, they called me up and, and told me that they wanted me to go to offensive line. The offensive line coach wanted me, actually. That was Jim McNally? Jim McNally. Okay. Malarkey, uh, Coach Malarkey told me that uh, Jim McNally wanted me, and I told him I'm all for it. Anything that can get me on the field, I was going to try it. What did the NFL miss? How does a player of your size, athleticism, not get selected in a draft? And it happens year after year. You see guys who fall through the cracks, but what, what do you think it was with you? I have no idea. I might need you to go in and and and, and look for me because I, 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 I still I so. still don't know. Uh, I guess I didn't do too good on the Wonder Lick test or something. I don't know. <laughs> With that in mind, do you still carry that as motivation to this day? The fact that you know, back in two thousand four, you weren't one of the two hundred and fifty odd names called. Yeah, of course. Draft. Uh, every every day I go out on that field, I just try to, you know, keep my name on the on the on the up and try to be as, as good or not better than I was the year before. And it's tough, you know, to go out day in and day out. People don't realize the practices is where you get better at. You know, they see guys who just play on Sunday, but during the week that's where you get better. And, and I try to go out there and keep everybody on, on the up 
You know, I try to take energy every day into the uh, practice and try to keep the young guys going and set the tempo pretty much. Is that why you work with the young guys? I know during training camp preseason, the guys like Boyko, Malcolm Bunch, you were working with those guys a lot on the side. Is it the fact that you were once in their shoes is why you wanted to help bring them along? Yes, I was once in their shoes. And when I see guys like that that got the potential and just need a couple tools to put in their toolbox to, 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 to get them going, I try to try to help them out, you know. Uh, I always I told him, Boyko and Bunch, that I, I was in the same shoes 12 years ago. So all you got to do is work and keep that mindset every day when you come to work. Back in 2012, after you had the Achilles injury, and injured it twice, in fact, did you ever think that you would get back to this level? I did. Uh, I think that's uh, that's the reason why I did. But uh, people didn't think I was going to do it. Same thing, uh, motivation. Got up every morning, 5 o'clock, riding bikes, swimming, uh, come up here, do my rehab, and start getting stronger and stronger, stronger and stronger, start running uh, a month before I post been running. Uh, and it was just motivation just to try to get back and, and be as, as good or just come back and play off those injuries. Where did that come from? Because you've already been a success in the league for a long time. You know, you were a success in Buffalo, came to Philadelphia and solidified that position after Trey Thomas, a very good left tackle in his own right-left so what pushed you, what continues to push you to be better and better every year? It's just the way I was raised, just the drive, the, the competitor that's in me. Ever since I was eight, nine, you know, playing with the older guys and getting beat, they, you know, going back and doing it again, losing, you know, just keep going back and competing and competing. It's just, it's just in me. Now, were you like, you know, eight years old, but the size of a 12-year-old, being able to match up with them, though? <laughs> you can I mean. say that. You can say that. You can say that. You know, I was always bigger than everybody else in my in, in my grade. So, you know, but they got a, a different skill level that I, that I was trying to get. So I would just go back if it was at the park or in the gym. Then I just go back playing throw-up tackle. I would just keep going back. Even though I lost, I just keep going back to try to get that edge. What is your favorite block? Most memorable block of all time. Is there any that stands out? Whether favorite block, whether it was something right at the point of attack in the line of scrimmage, whether it was you out in the run, leading someone in for a score. Um, one that sticks out, I think probably McCoy. I want to say against the I'm Bears. Sure. At home, I'm trying to think of that one. I think we ran like a draw or something. I hit the defensive end, yeah. and then I went up to the safety and sprung him for a long, for a long run. So that's the one that sticks out. Do your eyes get wide when you get to the second level? You get past the D line, and it's a linebacker or a safety who's about 200 pounds, and you're just like, just don't even waste your time. Yeah, the thing with that though, you know they're gonna try to juke you out, so you got to go up to them and then break down. And if they still trying to play, you know the ball is. What do you mean break down? Break down like chop your feet. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So if you're not, if you don't do that, they're just gonna go around you, juke you, and you're gonna miss them. So how I do it, if I'm running and the guy's still pursuing or, or trying to get around you, the running back is behind you. So I just break down and try to just get in his way. You ain't gonna get a kill shot on him most of the time, but 
if you just get a hold to him, you know, it's over with. Well, if they get 340 pounds on him, I think it's be pretty close <laughs> to a kill yeah. shot as yeah. it is. It seemed like from everything that I've read, see, heard other interviews with you, that this offseason in particular, you've done a lot to get yourself ready. Why is that, and what were some of the things that you did that maybe you hadn't done in years past? Uh, just wor- just worked out uh, more. Uh, normally, I take uh, a little bit longer to start back this year. You know, I started back uh, about a month and a half earlier and just cut out all, like, sugary drinks and fried food. I drank nothing but water, you know. What was the toughest thing to give up? Uh, just, just sugary drinks and sweets, you know, you want to, you get through working out and you want to go get a, a candy bar or, or a cookie or something like that. I just cut all that out. I didn't, I didn't eat nothing sweet for probably like three, four months. Just so, drunk nothing but water. Did you also ride a bike around the city? That was another thing that. Yeah, I, I used to ride a bike, me and my brother-in-law from, from my house to my mom's house, which is about four miles, four and a half miles. Is this here or is this in Texas? In Texas. In Texas, okay. But it just wasn't a ride. We used to race each other. so. Gotcha. I would have to catch him some days and he would have to catch me. And that's what made it harder. You know, if you just ride, you know, you don't get no. I'm trying to picture you on a bike, just driving around. (laughs) Whether it's Philly, where it's Texas, wherever. I'm just like picturing like people probably going by like, are you serious? I keep bringing up the Hall of Fame. Is that something you think about? Not right now. Uh, I hadn't thought about it. Until this interview? No, I mean I didn't. I didn't got asked yeah. that before. I know, but I hadn't really just thought about it. You know, I guess I think about it maybe after I'm done, maybe. But I just ain't really just thought about it. I just go year to year and just trying to get that Super Bowl ring first of all. And what does this team need to do to get to that level? Obviously, a very good start in the preseason. The most explosive offense. Bradford was phenomenal. What has to happen? What do you guys have to do to take that next step to get to that level where you can be in that conversation? What do we have to do to get to the next level? I think we have to just win out of vision. If we win out of vision and guys had to come to the link with the Philly fans behind us, it's going to be tough to beat us. So if we just win out of vision, even though we better on the road somehow, but if we just went out of vision and they had to come through the link, I think we'll make it make some noise in the playoffs. How excited are you for Monday night? I'm excited uh, to go in Atlanta. Last time we went to Atlanta, you know they was cheering for us. We, you know we had Vic. <laughs> it was almost like a home game. So I know it's not going to be like that this time, but they're not going to be cheering. Hopefully. Last question: You're going to be facing a rookie, Vic Beasley. Have you studied him on tape? And you know, do you got kind of get in your mind the fact that you know I'm going to teach this guy a thing or two? Oh yeah. Uh, He's he's a small guy and uh, fast off the ball. He got a couple, you know, good moves, but he is a rookie. So I'm just I'm just excited to go into the game and, and, and show this guy what the NFL about. So I'm gonna just play as hard as I can play. You know, sometimes he you know he might get in on a play and you never know stuff happens. So, but one thing he gonna know that this is the NFL and and I'm one of the the best in the business. Quite a tough test. First, first go around to say the very least. The demolition man, the bodyguard, Jason Peters. Thank you very much for joining us here as the interview on the Eagles Insider Podcast. Time to get ready for game day. It's time for enemy intel. All right. Well, it's time to break down the X's and O's with Fran Duffy, who of course watches all the tapes. He is our eagle eye in the sky here at PhiladelphiaEagles.com. Fran. 
one of the matchups you wanted to talk about today was the Falcons offensive line, which is a little bit shaky. They signed Andy, Le- Andy Levitri, brought him in, uh, but their O-line versus the Eagles D-line, how do you see that shaking out? Well, I, I think that this is the biggest mismatch in the game going into the week is uh, the Eagles defensive line. We've always acknowledged that this is probably the strongest unit on the team uh, going against this Falcons O-line that has really, really struggled this uh, this preseason. Uh, you've got Jake Matthews, who was a first-round pick, a top-ten pick on the left side uh, at left tackle. He's been up and down. He's been solid, but uh, he's not quite where they would want him to be yet. Uh, at left guard, it's been a rotation. You know, they've played... Uh, they've played Mike Person there. They've played James Stone, who's a second-year player out of Tennessee. Uh, they just traded for uh, for Levitre, as you mentioned. So uh, Levitre was a big-ticket free agent coming out of Buffalo, uh, going to Tennessee, did not live up to the hype. Just for whatever reason, uh, it did not work out for Levitre uh, in, in Tennessee. So he gets traded to, to Atlanta, and now he'll try and win this job. It looks like he'll try and be the left guard there. Now will it be for week one? We'll see as the week here progresses. But uh, you got Stone there. Joe Hawley's coming off a torn ACL and MCL as the center, and he has really, really struggled. He's been very up and down. Uh, Mike Persons, a veteran who's played both guard and center. Chris Chester is the right guard uh, who's struggled a little bit this preseason. He's probably been the most consistent of the linemen, but again, not uh, he hasn't been particularly effective. And then Ryan Schrader, I think, also at right tackle has struggled a lot as well. So Across the board, they've had issues. Their share of problems up front. Uh, they want to run this outside zone stretch scheme with Kyle Shanahan. That's what he's done uh, both in Atlanta under his dad, Mike Shanahan, and then in Cleveland last year with the Browns. Uh, they're trying to get this going, and they just not have not been able to sustain a running game throughout the preseason. So for their sake, they're going to try and get that uh, worked on for Monday night against the Eagles' defensive front. It's going to be tough. So if you're the Eagles, where do you attack that O-line? Where's the biggest weakness among a group that's uh, not the best? I, I don't know that I could point one guy out and say that he they've all had their share of ups and downs uh, and mostly downs this this summer. So uh, James Stone in that in that preseason game against Miami just got eaten alive by Earl Mitchell uh, inside. Uh, Hawley was was you know was just got dominated at times uh, early in the preseason, got benched this past week. So, I mean, they've all had their issues. Uh, you know, Ryan Schrader at right tackle doesn't have great feet, so he's prone to getting beat off the edge. It could be a big Connor Barwin day. Uh, it will be it, – it's going to be tough sledding. I, not You know, you never say never, um, but there will be – they will need a lot to go their way. If you're, if you're the Falcons, you're going to need a lot to go your way uh, to have success against this Eagles defensive front. All right, let's flip-flop it now. Another obviously football is a game in the trenches. Big people beat up little people. All that good stuff. So flip flopping it, looking at the Eagles O line versus the Falcons D line. Obviously, some new faces in there for the Eagles with Andrew Gardner. We assume in there at right guard. Alan Barbie takes over at left guard. Where, what's caught your eye there? Well, you look at the Falcons, and you know they're with Dan Quinn coming in from Seattle. That defense is going to mirror what you saw from the Seahawks. So they're going to be a four-three under defensive front. And when I say that, that means that. It's just the alignment of the defensive tackles and where they line up in, in regards to the strength of the offensive formation. So you're going to have a nose tackle that's going to play over the center, uh, and that's Paul Soliai, uh, who they signed over from Miami. Strong, stout nose tackle who does a really good job at the point of attack. So you're, you're in good shape there. As your under tackle, uh, you're going to think from, uh, from years past in Seattle, uh, th- those guys up front, McDaniel last year, uh, Kevin Williams as well, 
gave the Eagles a lot of issues last year. That's Rasheed Hageman, who was a second-round pick out of Minnesota. Uh, he's missed some time with injuries this uh, this summer, but uh, really athletic, has good size. You liked him coming out. Yeah, and, and athletically, he's what you want. and he, uh, This is a good fit for him in this defense as that under-tackle. So really explosive off the ball, made some plays against the run in the first preseason game against Tennessee. And then they've got Jonathan Babineau coming in behind him. That's the good thing when you, when you look across the board in this front seven. They rotate guys in and out, much like the Eagles do. They're rotating guys in and out. They, they don't have no issue playing uh, the backup under tackle with the starting left end with the uh, second string strong side linebacker. They're rotating guys in and out. So uh, it's a really good rotation. They, they rotate guys in and out, uh, and they, there's not much drop-off there between the ones and twos. So uh, Jonathan Babineau, Grady Jarrett, they drafted late this year. Uh, in the draft, and he, he's a good fit there as that under tackle. you got Vic Beasley, who was the first-round pick, and he's going to be that Leo open side defensive end uh, who's always going to be going – he's going to be lined up opposite the tight end. So wherever the tight end is, you're going to look on the other side, and that's where Vic Beasley is going to be so that he's not worried about any kind of double teams or anything like that. Uh, and Vic Beasley is explosive. We know he's a great mover. Uh, he's got the ability to turn the corner and rush the quarterback – can he hold up in the run game? And that's what I would imagine that the Eagles will try and put that to the test is, uh, will he be able to set the edge? Will he be able to uh, handle Jason Peters one-on-one? -on -one? Will he be able to uh, handle Lane Johnson one-on-one? -on -one? In those scenarios, that will be really interesting to see. So defensively, I think that their strength is up front. In the secondary, they're still working through things. Desmond Trufant missed the entire preseason with injury. He came back to practice last week uh, and practiced you know, here and there. Robert Alford, I think ideally – they would like to play him at the nickel spot, uh, and they'd like Jalen Collins to take another step. But I think Jalen Collins has been up and down this preseason, so it looks like it'll be Alford starting on the outside up opposite Trufant. Uh, and safeties, they're moving guys around. You know, you've got uh, – they've got – what's the name of the kid? Uh, Ricardo Allen, the, the former cornerback, playing as the free safety in that Earl Thomas role. Uh, William Moore is their Cam Chancellor right now, playing in the boxes, that strong safety. So they've got pieces, and I think that they've got guys in the right role – it's just going to be a little bit of growing pains. We, we remember what, what it was like when the when this Eagles defense uh, made the transformation into Bill Davis's vision and what they wanted to do from a two-gapping standpoint. Sure. It takes some time, but uh, I think they're talented. It, but there's going to be some growing pains in that first game, especially against this uh, explosive Eagles offense. Last but certainly not least here in Enemy Intel, uh, we go outside and we look at the skill positions. So we have Byron Maxwell lined up. We think he may be shadowing Julio Jones the whole game. Uh, a couple of long, big-bodied guys out on the outside. Fran, the last time the Falcons played the Eagles in 2012, I pulled up the stats for Julio Jones. Targeted five times, five catches, 123 yards, and a touchdown. What is Byron Maxwell going to do to make sure that doesn't happen this time around? Yeah, and that was a – I remember that game. That was an ugly game. Uh, you know, the, the big thing with Julio is that – he can just beat you in a number of different ways. He's a good route runner, so he can win uh, You know, just being able to separate at the top of his stem like a smaller receiver would, which is scary because he's got great size. He's got great explosion. He's got the ability to go up and win over the top. So uh, he can beat you in a number of different ways. He's got really strong hands. Uh, I think he's gotten a lot better as a route runner, like I mentioned. So uh, you've got a big physical guy that can beat you in a number of different ways. How Byron Maxwell handles that, and we don't know. We, we're going to see if... Bill Davis is going to decide to shadow him. But when those two guys are matched up, it's probably the most important one-on-one -on -one matchup uh, in the game because uh, right now, you know, you've got, you know Roddy White. I, health is in question right now whether or not he's going to be able to go. Uh, they really like what they've seen right now from Leonard Hankerson, who played for Shanahan uh, in Washington and seems to have found a home there as that third receiver. They drafted Justin Hardy to be a slot guy out of ECU. 
still those guys aren't necessarily uh, established right now as NFL contributors. So right now you've got Julio Jones and a lot of other guys that are, are question marks. If you can stop Julio and contain that passing game from that perspective, you know you can you can limit this Atlanta offense. And we've heard people talk about with Byron Maxwell, is he a shutdown corner? Obviously played in a great system there uh, in Seattle. Can he be that guy, the number one shutdown guy here with the Eagles? He's going to get tested early. Uh, I know people have talked about this before, but he gets Julio Jones right out of the gate, then Des Bryant, then Brandon Marshall. So if if to for us to see if he is the guy or isn't the guy, he's going to get tested early. And Julio Jones, you can't ask for a much better test than that in the first game. No, no question. So uh, it's like I said, it's probably the the one on one matchup that I'm most excited about. Uh, you've got two guys that are obviously trying to prove themselves. Julio's had some injury issues over the years, so uh, I think that he and he just got this huge contract. So I, I think he's got a lot to play for in terms of trying to prove himself. Still, uh, it's going to be really fun. It'll be really fun to watch on Monday. Absolutely, Fran Duffy breaks it all down, talking all the X's and O's here on Enemy Intel. So we got serious there for a little bit, but now let's have some fun with game time. Get out your scorecards. It's game time. All right, guys. Well, this is a big moment. Uh, obviously, I have to try to fill in the shoes of Bo Wolf here, who was outstanding at game time. No pressure. It's, no pressure. Of, of all the, the segments that, that we were game planning here for today's podcast, game time was the one where I knew I really had to step up my game. No question. So I, I How many I, times can we work game into it? <laughs> I, I was thinking about it uh, for like two hours last night, coming up with all these different ideas. And then on my drive-in today, in like 20 minutes, I came up with a completely new idea. <laughs> and that's the one we're going to go with because okay. I think it's kind of funny. So, since we're talking about the Monday night opener in Atlanta, which is in Georgia, the Peach State, of course. Of okay. course. So, yes. So, for today's game. Millions of peaches. It is called Peachy or Ricci. <laughs> okay. right, so, peachy I will read you a statement. You will tell me. If you agree with it, you think that statement is peachy, or reach. If you think it's a reach, okay, and it's reaching. All right, I like it. All right, so I almost wonder what were the uh, ideas you had yesterday. Uh, <laughs> they were much more generic, and I actually okay. have I have a mini bonus game at the end of this. If, uh, if all right, we have all right, time, all right. We'll, we'll see. No, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. So peachy or reachy? We're going to start things off by talking specifically about the Monday night opener. Okay. Okay. So the first statement is Sam Bradford. Throws for 350 yards. Peachy or Ricci? Ricci. I think I can see 300. I can see 300. I, if you were going to go 300, I was going to say Peachy. The I, running game is going to be so involved. And I really think that they're going to dominate on the ground that it's not going to be – you're not going to need a big game from Bradford in the air. The biggest thing with Bradford again this year is it's not all on him alone. There's tons of help, tons of weapons, good solid offensive line – you know, I'm gonna go Ricci, but I do see I could see 300 plus, but I, I think 350 is probably a little much. There, there, there's two ways you can go about this, right? There's uh, the fact when you look at the Falcons' defense, and Alex, you and I just got done talking about it. That front seven is strong. The back end, uh, I think, is still a work in progress defensively. So, uh, you know, if you're gonna try and attack their weakness, I think you might see more passing, but. With Ryan Matthews, with Demarco Murray, with Darren Sproles, I think this is there. It's going to be a, a uh, there's going to be more stress on the run game here for the Eagles. I think that uh, there's a really good chance that Bradford throws for around 300, 250 no. plus. I think 350 in the first game that would be awesome. If he does, that's it. Might be Ricci <laughs> for the first game. 
All right. Well, if you guys think the run game is going to be such a big part of the night, okay, let's go to another new addition. DeMarco Murray okay. rushes for 120 yards. I like it. Peachy. 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 Uh, when you started saying one, I'm like, if he goes like 120, I'm in. So I like it. Peachy across the board. Even yeah. with the rotation. With Even Ryan with the rotation. Matthews. With the rotation. With yes. 120 yards for DeMarco Murray. It, and his Eagles it is, that is one of the things that we need to discover and find out about this team is exactly what will the rotation be. And I've like looked at Chip Kelly's Oregon teams to try to see if there's any kind of clues there. And you know he's had a stable of talented backs in the past at Oregon, and he's had to rotate them in there. And still, you would give, you know, in the case I think it was uh, Lamichael James was the lead back, and he had probably, you know, what would come out to be about 250 carries for the course of an NFL season. And then Kenyon Barner, the backup, would get you know about 150 or so. And I think it's gonna be that kind of uh, the division of the carry load here so in Philadelphia. So I still think that Murray's going to get plenty of touches and still be enough of a focal point to be able to put up big numbers. Yeah, and I, I, I kind of think it'll be closer to 50-50 but, uh, in, terms of, in, in terms of carries and splitting the carries up. But I still, I'll, I'm peachy with, uh, with 120 yeah, for, for game For the one. opener. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the defense. Hold on. Go, I'll go back real quick. The only reason – I'll just – you know, just kind of peek ahead into the future. Week two, Dallas. Maybe Chip is like, we're going to just save DeMarco. Uh, unleash him there. We're just going to just, you know, run him against the Cowboys. Just run wild that game. That's not going to happen, but just that's, wishful wishful thinking, I true. guess. So. That, right. That's why Peachy Ricci makes you think. I mean, yes. That's that's why I developed this game. It I mean, that's, that's what it's all about. Move, moving to the defense. Kiko Alonso, the legend of Kiko Alonso, will lead the Eagles in tackles on Monday night. Ricci. I, it's his first game. Um, I still he'll probably see a significant amount of snaps. I think he's gonna be. I think he's ready to go. Shook off the rust against the Jets, uh, but to lead the team in tackles, just because we don't quite know what the rotation is. Sure, you know it's like Michael Kendricks is the one who's coming into the season fully healthy. No questions asked from from last year. You know, D'Amico had the Achilles, even though he says he's good to go. Kiko had the knee injury. He's good to go, but he didn't play much in the preseason. So um, I, I will say a little Ricci for the for Kiko's debut. We need to we need to see what he, what this rotation is going to be. That being said, I'm going to go Peachy for this. Oh, one. I like it. Okay. You know he's he's just one of those guys that's just all over the field. He always okay. seems to find the ball. He's a sideline to sideline guy. He's instinctive. He's physical. He's aggressive. We saw in that opening drive against the New York Jets. Last Thursday night, just the the kind of presence he can have uh, on a defense, and you know, obviously there was with the backups, but uh, you can kind of see just the kind of player that Kiko is. We saw it his rookie year at Buffalo. Uh, I'm going to go Peachy. I, I bet he comes out there and he just uh, just plays sideline to sideline. His hair is on fire. He missed so much time this summer. Uh, he's going to have fresh legs. I'm excited. Okay. All right. I like it. I like it. Now we will broaden our view here and go. An overall, we'll take an overall look at the season, not just at the Monday night opener. Right. So, the, as we get into our season segment of Peachy or Ricci here, Peachy or Ricci, Benny Logan will be a Pro Bowler in 2015. Oh. Peachy or Ricci? I think he's going to be the Fletcher Cox of 2014, where he deserves to go, but probably won't. Because defensive linemen, it's got to be you've got to put up an outstanding number of sacks. I don't know if he's going to be able to do that in this defensive scheme. 
phenomenal in the preseason. I hope it carries over, and I hope he gets the, the accolades, but he's been downright dominant. Uh, Lou Riddick, former Eagles personnel guy, he admitted on Twitter, I believe it was on Monday, that he's like, look, I was wrong about him. I didn't realize his potential. I think he said he's a Pro Bowl player. Um, so if the buzz gets started early, there's a chance. It's, it's very political, though, when it comes to the Pro Bowl. It's you know a popularity contest. Uh, I'm going to just, at least for now, reach I'm going to make sure that I put a vine up of Benny Logan <laughs> destroying people in the run game once a week. There we go. That'll do it. I have very limited reach, but I'm going to make it my, my effort to, to try and see if we can get, if we can get him uh, into the Pro Bowl. Uh, but if anyone deserved to make it last year, it was Fletcher Cox. And for some ungodly reason, he didn't make it, uh, which is unbelievable to me that he didn't make it. Um, well, because defensive ends, it's 4-3. It's, it's so ridiculous. You know, you're, you're paired with the 4-3 defensive ends yeah. who get the sack totals. And then you're going against J.J. Watt. Right. It's so. ridiculous. So, uh, you know, what are you going to do? But I would think that Fletcher will make it this year just because you know, that's typically how it works. If you, if everyone complains that you didn't make it the year before or if you get your face stepped on, like uh, what's the, the cost of the, uh, the center from, uh, from Dallas, uh, then you're guaranteed to make it next year. So uh, I think that uh, Fletcher Cox will make it this year. We'll, we'll make the push here for Benny. Yeah. Sticking with the defense. The Eagles' defense will be in the top 10 in scoring this season. Peachy or Ricci? Uh, certainly, I will go Peachy, and the case I'll make is you have a front seven that's downright dominant, and you have a secondary that showed it was able to take the ball away time after time again during the preseason, and you're going to hope that that carries over. This could be like a bend-but-don't-break type of defense where – Maybe they'll give up some yards, but they're going to be able to make some key plays when it counts. So I think that's what's great about putting Walter Thurman uh, at safety. I was certainly wrong about the fact that he would win the starting job out of uh, training camp. I will admit to my mistake, uh, my wrong prediction on the earlier (laughs) Eagles entire podcast, but you showcase why they put him back there. It's basically let's unleash the front seven, let's get after the quarterback, and then let guys like Byron Maxwell and Walter Thurman and Nolan Carroll let them get after the ball. So uh, I will say that there's a good chance for it. It's peachy. Uh, I would say this is tough just because of the, the numbers and how they work out. Um, we know that they're, they're going to give up a number of yards just because of the, the nature of the team and that the way that it's built. Uh, for turnovers and for sacks, I definitely expect that number to, to be in the top ten. For points, I think it'll be it'll be interesting. It'll be tough, uh, but I'll go peachy. I don't think this defense is getting the love that it should. I think a lot of people nationally. It's funny because this is you know obviously this this week and last week were big fantasy football weeks. Everyone's having their drafts, and uh, I hear all the analysts say, "Oh well, uh, you know Des Bryant and Odell Beckham. They've got the Eagles on the schedule twice a year, as if it's this, this cupcake defense." I think they should probably pump the brakes there a little bit. I, I, this defense isn't what it was uh, last year. It was it wasn't what it was uh, three years ago under Andy Reid, and, and as that uh, regime was uh, was on our way out. I think that this defense uh, is going to be much much improved this fall. All right, guys, last one. Nelson Aguilar will win mm. Offensive Rookie of the Year. Peachy or Ricci? Uh, let's see. Well. I already know what C-Mac's going to say. I'm, I'm in the reachy on this You're going to reachy because you love Josh Huff and you think Josh Huff's going to have a big year. That's the thing is I don't – limited role. I, th- I think he's he's got all the talent, but he would have to be 
really the guy in the offense. Yes. When you have, okay, your top two quarterbacks are starting from day one, and Mariota flashed in the preseason. You know, Winston is a good chance. Look at the weapons around him. He has a chance to shine. You know, you got guys like Melvin Gordon who are going to step into uh, starting roles right away. Tevin Coleman might might be a factor for the Falcons from from the onset. Um yeah, I just think it might be a little, little tougher for him this year. Mark right, Cooper, I, Mark Cooper, you yeah. know, Oakland's gonna. Mark Cooper is pretty much gonna be the guy in Oakland. He is Derek Carr's number one guy. So, just that alone will kind of knock Aguilar just on a receiver standpoint down the down the totem pole. Yeah, I I, I think it's Ricci, um, mainly because of that. I mean, he's gonna have he would have to do what Odell Beckham did last year just to put himself. On, on that stage, you know, just to, to say, to put himself into discussion, he might not, you know, it would probably take a moment like that catch that uh, Beckham made on, in prime like time. This. Yeah, exactly. It would take a, it would take a moment like that <laughs> to put him on the national stage and then get him in the, in the discussion. And then he would just have to get the vote. So I would say right now it's probably Ricci. All right, guys. Uh, that's all I have for Peachy and Ricci. I do have the, this bonus mini game. Okay. And I'll just test it out really quickly. Okay. I, I know we're running out of time here, but the before and after name game, for example, uh, if I said, uh, you know, uh, great NBA player and uh, Packers wide receiver, LeBron James Jones. Understand the concept? Gotcha. Pretty simple. Okay. So the Eagles and Falcons. Uh, Fran, is, now, Fran, is Fran Fran with us here? Seriously writing notes down. Now, yes. if, if this tests your knowledge of the Falcons roster, so oh, I don't know how much yeah. you guys looked at this going into it, but there are a few cases where you can connect names in that manner. Okay. On the yeah. two teams. Sure. One of them okay. is fairly easy. So let's see if you guys can do this one. Okay. <laughs> it's an Eagles running back and a Falcons quarterback. Ryan Matthews, Ryan. Matthew. Uh, oh, you're close. Matt Ryan he? Matthews. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Correct. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Okay, right, right. Correct. Now, the other two are really tough, and I don't think you guys are going to get these. I, and it's, it's nothing against what I think of you Obviously, guys. Obviously, okay. yes. Well, these are very, there are two other ones. Um, that there's one that involves uh, an Eagles defensive lineman and a Falcons linebacker. And a hint is that this linebacker's last name, someone on the Eagles has the same last name. It's, it's a very tricky one. So it's a Falcons linebacker. And an Eagles defensive lineman. I know what it is. Uh-oh. Go for it. Fran Duffy. Bo Allen Bradford. That is absolutely wow. correct. Former USC running back turned linebacker. Nicely done. That is absolutely correct. Nicely done. Very well done. I have one more. Okay. Okay. Now this one's tough because the spelling is different. That's the big hint. But the name is pronounced the same way. It is a Falcons fullback and an Eagles running back. Patrick DeMarco Murray. Fran Duffy Good for the win, see. ladies and gentlemen. Nicely I've, done. I've done some studying of the of the Falcons well, roster. Certainly. Nicely done. I, very nice. Done. So, for those scoring at home, Patrick like DeMarco spells it with an I. D-I-M-A-R-K-O. Okay. So. He may not have even been on the roster if uh, Colin Mooney didn't get hurt. The, he got hurt uh, <laughs> in the preseason. So <laughs> That's, he may have been one less on the That just shows you the <laughs> level of knowledge that Fran Duffy uh, brings to the podcast here. Nicely done. Uh, you know, the Eagles, unfortunately, they, they don't care running back because uh, they just don't want to be a tough football team. Yeah, right. Must be what it is. Thank you. Thirteen teams in the NFL this year don't have a fullback on the roster. Interesting. Very, very uh, interesting. So I guess you can so. whittle down the Super Bowl uh, winners down. To there the you go. Uh, Nineteen. All why right. Is it, why is anybody else even trying? Right. Exactly. All right, guys. But wait. Before we move any further, there's one more bonus game we have to get to. 
okay. double bonus game here on the first Alex Smith look at that. Eagles Insider podcast. We have to go back, go back in time, and look at your preseason oh, predictions. No. Of course we do. I was not involved in these, but I'm going to make sure that you guys know how you did. Absolutely. Well, we're not give well, credit. Yeah, credit yeah. or not give credit. <sighs> so let's go back. Through the day. Travel back with us, if you will. The first question, who will lead the Eagles in rushing in the preseason? Fran and C-Mac, you both agreed on Ryan Matthews. Yeah. Ryan okay. Matthews finished with well. 59 rushing yards okay. on 11 carries. Okay. Yeah. Bo Wolf, the ghost of Bo Wolf, <laughs> went with Kenyon Barner. Now, Barner finished with 55 rushing yards. Uh, f- yeah, 55 rushing yards for Barner. But the answer, of course... Was Raheem Mostert. Spicy Mostert? I mean, yes. he led the league in all-purpose yards. Yeah. Thirty-nine carries, one hundred and fifty-seven yards for Raheem Extra Mostert. Yes. So Fran and I get that one. Technically, I, do, I think we would get that since we were closest. Yeah. Okay. So you get the point there. We get okay. the point there. Who will lead the Eagles in receiving in the preseason? Fran, do you remember uh, your pick? I, I know oh, my mine pick. was absolutely Trey Burton, and I stand by it because if he had caught that, if that first pass had gotten connected for a touchdown, I think he would have led. But that being aside, I know I didn't win. Yeah, Trey I didn't Burton. win. Well, I definitely did not win. Uh, yeah, Fran. You My did, twin. You did go with Trey Burton, who had 8 for 78. Two touchdowns, though. Pretty good. C-Mac, you did go with your twin. Miles Austin, four mm-hmm. grabs, 55 yards. Bo Wolf went with Nelson Aguilar, nine catches, 117 yards uh, and a touchdown. Okay. But again, the answer was, of course, Raheem Mostert. Mostert. Spikes Brown Mostert. <laughs> who did absolutely everything in the preseason. Led the Eagles in receiving uh, and in rushing. So, uh, not too bad there. The point goes to Bo, huh? Yes. Point does indeed right, go to so Bo Wolf on that one. One point okay. for the good guys. This one's tough. Who will be the last player interviewed? Fran, you went with Eric Tomlinson. C-Mac, you went with Jeff Mail, who we know for a fact was interviewed. I saw Je- uh, Josh Ponell from uh, Birds 24-7, and I wanted to cry. I wanted to just, like, throw yeah. my recorder just, like, to break up the interview. So, and... Tomlinson became a story after the Ertz injury. Right, all exactly. The, all the rookie so freedom lost that one out. Bo went with Jordan DeWalt on Dejo. <laughs> he definitely did not get it. <laughs> <laughs> Bo wins. <laughs> Bo wins. Uh, two Bo, points. Bo's Bo. doing very well here. Okay. <laughs> who will lead the Eagles in? Who will lead the Eagles in tackles in the preseason? Okay. Ooh. Fran, you went with, of course, Jordan Hicks. Uh, Jordan Hicks. Absolutely. Thirteen tackles. C-Mac, do you remember your choice? I think I went with Acho. You he did. Had, and he didn't even make it through the preseason. He had <laughs> seven tackles yeah. for Emmanuel Acho. Rest in peace. Uh, Bo Wolf went with Najee Good, who had 13 tackles, so oh, he tied tie. with Hicks. All right. Um, but the, the actual answer there, it was a tie between Brad Jones and Deontay Skinner with 16 tackles. Oh, wow. Okay. So not too far off. So, so, so what's the tiebreaker here? Get, do I get points for special teams blocks on return touchdowns? Because <laughs> otherwise, Jordan Hicks would take the lead. Uh, you do not. Yeah. Yeah. I. I. Maybe we'll just both get the point there. Yeah. You guys get the point. All right. All right. Next, who will be involved in the first training camp scuffle? Fran went with Alan Barber. C Mac went with Brian Brayman, and Bo Wolf went with Jacory Shepard. Well, I didn't go. I didn't go. Andrew Gardner. Not according to the notes that uh, have been presented some, to me. Maybe maybe I said after the fact. I thought uh, Andrew Garner, but I have Brian Bremen. Yeah, as, right, I'm, I'm done. That was a I'm solid per, Hey, that's per, trust <laughs> me. Not bad. Solid trust choice. Me. <laughs> so we didn't see really any scuffles. There was you know maybe something during the joint practice with Baltimore, but uh, I, it's I think this one's just a wash. Yeah, it's, it's a, a wash. wash. Yeah. And then finally, 
This is going to be the difference maker, I think. Okay. Who will make the team as an undrafted free agent? Fran, you went with? I believe I said Malcolm Bunch. Correct. Mm-hmm. C-Mac, do you remember who you went with? I do with? not. C-Mac went with Travis Rossiti. Oh, you're uh, a big Travis Rossiti guy. Yeah. Okay. But Wolf correctly went with Denzel, Denzel Rice. Rice. So, Bo, after, uh, after just being awful during uh the during the during games, to the draft, to the draft yep. games uh comes back and wins in preseason and then leaves abruptly yeah he's like elway <laughs> just retires on a high note i think he would like that that comparison just goes out oh uh, there you go there right. it is the sounds the soothing sounds the, the pontifications An, of Bo Wolf. <laughs> an ode to Bo. Abode. <laughs> I think it's time we say Bo Voyage to this segment. And move on to, to uh, mailing it in. Yeah, it's time for mailing it in. Captain, incoming message. Please check your mailbox. A new message has arrived. And now it's time to hear from you, the fans, in our segment, Mailing It In. I love how Alex Smith joins a podcast and it's already renamed the Alex Smith Eagles Insider Podcast. I think it suits that's, it well. That's yeah. going to be like the Eagles Beakley joke, like moving forward, probably. It's like the Alex Smith sponsored. We need to get this sponsored, by the way. Fran, what's the deal? We're working on it. Okay. Just making sure. How, how do you think Alex Smith, the Chiefs, would feel about having an Eagles podcast named after him? He apparently almost was an Eagle a couple years ago. That's, that that would have been huge for me. Uh, just as as an Eagles fan, <laughs> or it would have been bad. It would have been bad for you. Yeah, how so? I don't know that we would have hired somebody with the same name as the quarterback. Yeah, uh, it probably would have depended on on how he played. But we need to get him on the show. I think that's the next thing. So, guys, producers, we'll we'll see what we can do. Yeah, we'll, we'll get back. I don't know. We'll we can promise that. Mailing it in. Uh, great stuff. Great reaction on Twitter this week. Uh, the first one. We'll just get right into the action here. Uh, Wes Krill. Fan of the podcast, uh, see his questions often. What specific areas of the pass offense do you expect to see improve in 2015? You know, I think that with Sam Bradford, you have a guy that's got a stronger arm than we've seen. You got a guy that uh, processes information and sees things more quickly uh, than we've seen in the past. So I would think that you're going to see. Uh, more anticipation throws and what you see from those anticipation throws is more opportunities for yards after catch. So uh, I think that that's going to be an Great area point. where uh, you'll see a rise here in production from the Eagles receiving core. I think you're going to see a lot of play action. And obviously play action was already a big part of the Eagles offense in years prior. Um, but with how stacked this running back group is with Sproles or Murray or Matthews, you're going to see play action a lot. It's going to draw the linebackers up. And you're going to see Sam Bradford going over the middle on those little crossing patterns with with Jordan Matthews or uh, or Ertz or Selick or whoever it is. Um, but I think the play action game is just going to take another step forward this year. And then another area I think is the slot. Um, I don't think it's just going to be Jordan Matthews this year. I think you're going to see Darren Sproles out there a lot. And those both of those guys looked very good um, as pass catchers in the preseason. So I think it's both both of those things. All right. Uh, speaking of Jordan Matthews from across the pond. George Jennings wants to know, can Jordan Matthews be a number one receiver? And to me, in this offense, I don't he's not the typical number one receiver because you think of the guy on the outside. You look at who we're gonna see Monday night in Julio Jones. That's your prototypical number one guy. Now Jordan Matthews has the size 
to be the quote-unquote number one guy. But he is going to be, in my estimation, the the guy who gets the most volume in this offense. And, you know, for those of you who play fantasy, I've been saying I think that Matthews is the lock of the receivers and tight ends in this offense. I project him 80 catches over 1,000 yards. I mean, you look at what he did the second half of the season with the connection he had with Mark Sanchez. He has that same rapport, in my estimation, with Sam Bradford already. So uh, I definitely think he's going to be a guy. And it just seemed like he was running wide open you know, time after time again throughout the preseason. Yeah, and I always look at number one receiver as like one of those nebulous phrases, like a franchise Elite quarterback, quarterback yes. you know, that kind of thing. But, yeah. uh, you know, you're, you're dead on, though. I mean, I think that Matthews is going to be the most consistent receiver in terms of production week in, week out. Uh, you know, we saw last year the, the steady rise and just how much more consistent he was uh, in the second half than he was in the first once he got adapted into the scheme, and you just saw uh, the confidence grow there. But um, really, really excited about, the, about Matthews and what he can do from the slot. I think that we're going to see him line up in a couple different spots this year, and we're going to see uh, him win in a lot of the same ways, though, that we saw last year. You're going to see those crossing routes. You're going to see those shallow crossing routes. You're going to see, uh, you know, the vertical game. So really excited about Matthews. Where he wins. Yeah, and what's funny to me is that uh, one of my favorite things is watching Dave Spadaro respond to Eagles fans on Twitter. And whenever he gets asked the question, what about number one receiver? Who's the number one receiver? He'll <laughs> respond in like all caps, what is a number one receiver? <laughs> like, it, it, and it's, 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 you know, it's a good question, but um, it, again, it, what do you mean by number one receiver? Do I think that he's going to be the go-to guy in the offense who leads the team and catches and goes for you know, a thousand yards. Yeah, I do. I think that he's going to be that guy. I think they're going to look for him on third down. They're going to move him around uh, and all that stuff. Is he a true number one? Is is he a Julio Jones type who's just going to you know dominate and take over a game? I don't know. He he could be, but again, the 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 term number one receiver, if that means the go to guy who's going to lead this team in catches, receiving yards, uh, and really be a go to guy on third down, then I I say yes. I'd probably say the go to guy in those uh, clutch situations. Yeah, more than anything else. Next one comes from at Forever Loyal Thirteen wants to know about Cam Chancellor. Any chance? And I say I, no. Yeah, I would say no. From our vantage point in the front office, uh, <laughs> my whole thing is I can understand a fit, but you have to obviously give up the draft compensation, which you're not going to want to do. And you got and you got pay. I yeah. pay the man. He wants more money than he's making now, which is a high number. You know, just not not for him. And for a guy that we've talked about the use of safeties, we talked about this offseason with with Landon Collins, with uh, what they want from their safety position, they want guys that can consistently line up over the slot, that can play single high, that can play uh, down in the box. We know that Chancellor can play down in the box, but can he do those other two things consistently down in, down out? I don't know that he can do that. Yeah, the Eagles really don't do that with their safeties. They like to have two guys who you know are interchangeable, Can like you said, they can play up in the box, they can drop back. We don't know if Cam Chancellor is that guy. The one thing that, that does scare you, I think, as an Eagles fan, is that the reports that the Giants might be interested in him. And do you want that guy Cam in Cam Chancellor East? and Landon, and Landon Collins, Collins on the same team. Same guy. I'd be okay with that. <laughs> I think I would be. I think I would be. You uh, know. I don't know how you're you know, running against them might be a little bit tougher, but sure. Uh, I think you'd take your bets there with uh, you know, beating well, him in the past game. And right now it looks like Brandon Merriweather is going to be the other Oof. starter well, opposite see. of uh, Landon Collins. All right, uh, at CrazeBone227 wants to know, should Eagles fans be concerned about the nickel position being exposed? And I think the big question really is, who is going to be yeah. the nickel? What is going to be the nickel formation? 
will they have Eric Rowe, who went through some growing pains this preseason? It takes time to learn that spot. Certainly does. Well, he, but even if you have him working on the outside and say you slide Nolan Carroll inside, um, you know, uh, EJ Biggers. I think that's one of the reasons he was kept because yep. he was a guy who I felt like you could plug in if you needed to. If Jalen Watkins didn't develop, if things didn't work out with the uh, with with Rice right off the bat, he's a guy you could put in right away. So yeah, I, I have to think that Biggers is going to be the guy for, who gets the first shot on Monday night, just because of the stage of the Monday night opener, and you don't necessarily want to put uh, a rookie out there. So whether it's Rowe or Rice, I'm not sure if you want to throw them into the fire. Right away, just as I was thrown into the fire here uh, on the Alex Smith Eagles Insider podcast. But uh, I don't know if you want to throw those guys in right away. So I think it will be a guy like EJ Biggers who, who gets the first shot. Will they move Nolan Carroll inside and, and you, you know do some piecing around? Probably, but I think Biggers gets the first shot. And I want to see how much base those guys decide that they want to play uh, against three receiver sets. And the Falcons are a big uh, team that likes to use 21 and 12 personnel with multiple tight ends and a fullback and a running back. So you may not see as many three receiver sets this game but when they do with uh let's say you've got kiko alonzo and michael kendricks two guys that can play in coverage you've got two safeties that you feel comfortable with and malcolm jenkins and walter thurman playing in coverage how much will they decide to go to nickel if you want to put your best 11 out there uh you know will they decide okay let's let's stay in base and instead of uh you know bringing on ej biggers would we be better served putting walter thurman down in the slot and staying in base would we be better served uh sending kiko alonzo to deal with uh you know a bigger receiver in the slot or a tight end in the slot that kind of a deal so it'll be really interesting to watch all right two more questions here lee robinette wants to know with this new look defense you know we'll transition to the defense again with this new look defense how will they fare against high-powered offensive pass teams and I, I think again it's a wait and see because we don't know how the three linebackers in the interior are going to be utilized we don't know how the pass rush rotation you know with Vinnie Curry is going to be utilized that's something that remains to be seen how many snaps does he get outside the linebacker? use of Byron Maxwell and how Certainly. he's going to be used yes obviously the big bugaboo for this defense last year was the explosive plays in the pass game and that's been the number one thing that they've been working on to eliminate so I certainly, with Malcolm Jenkins in the back end, Walter Thurman, the way he's performed, I think they're going to cut down on those. Um, but most teams at this point are, I think, what you would consider high-powered passing attacks. So uh, I think those are, those are still some things that are going to evolve and develop, really, as the season goes on. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing you touched on at CMAC is going to be that rotation on the D-line when they do have to go into nickel and you see Vinnie Curry coming in. Um, and what role does Marcus Smith have? Is he that Brandon Graham from last year where he becomes the pass rusher who can come in in those? You know it's going to be a passing situation, so how's that going to work out? Um, so, so how they deploy the D-line and, and the linebackers in that nickel situation, I think that's going to be the biggest test. I, you know, I was doing my initial who will be inactive for week one. I think Marcus Smith is inactive. I mean, it just depends on the health too. We'll, health I mean, factor we'll no hasn't question. played, you know. But it's tough because are you going to keep all the corners active? You know, you're going to obviously need need the safety. You know, will you keep Couplin active as the fourth safety, knowing how involved he's on special teams? These were some of the things I was just kind of playing in my mind. That was uh, a favorite game with Bo Wolf was the uh, inactive game, and so trying to just do the initial list of how many will they keep at certain positions and. You know, some tough calls. Yeah, no question. It'll be it'll be interesting. Last one comes from Eagles Nation. It's a second one from across the pond from beautiful London. Eagles Nation UK. Do the Eagles 
Do we want the Eagles to come to London? Sure. Of course. For a road game. I'll go. For a road game. I do not want to lose a home game. No question. Do not want to lose a home game. Um, but at least we know not to do a an Eagles UK hashtag. Correct. I think that there's some learning uh, from previous <laughs> situations um, that that the Eagles can can work on for that. But I, I'm down to go anywhere. I mean, they want to go to London. They want to play a game in Mexico, maybe Brazil. Um, I'll go wherever. I love that when you brought the question up, BT is fist pumping. He's <laughs> raising the roof. He's doing the nay nay. He's like <laughs> over here just celebrating. We're just talking about it, B. Like. You're not going to get any closer to Chelsea or to you know Man U or whoever it is that you're you're a fan of, soccer head. When you first Chelsea, said, when you okay. first said Chelsea, I thought it was like a girlfriend. Yeah, <laughs> could have been that. Too. I mean, I'm sure he's got uh, females he talks to across the pond too. Wherever we go, VT oh, always man. seems to be uh, on the move. We'll say. What's your what, <laughs> What's your name on Tinder, VT? <laughs> <laughs> So uh, I think that's going to do it for the uh, initial run of the, I guess, Alex Smith Eagles Insider Podcast. He just <laughs> comes in and bogarts the name. I, I had fun. I don't know how so, this started, but it is what it is, I guess. It is what it is. So, uh, again, thank you very much for listening. If you haven't subscribed, whether it's iTunes or Stitcher or Podbay, please do so. And remember to rate and comment. Uh, we appreciate all the support. So, again, we'll be back next week. We'll recap the, what I expect to be a win over the Falcons and look ahead to the home opener against the Dallas Cowboys. For Fran Duffy and Alex Smith, I'm Chris McPherson. You've been listening to the Eagles Insider Podcast.